You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Welcome to another episode of Mommy While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jaffrey. This is Zeba Hassan. How was your Thanksgiving yesterday, my dear friend? I saw your yummy turkey and I was so jealous and wanted to come over and eat it. Oh, you're welcome anytime with your mask on and I'll feed you on my porch. I know. Because um, <laughs> I needed to stay under the COVID restrictions, right? For numbers. But no, it was great. We put up on our stories and our reels, like what we did at our house for Thanksgiving. And it was... So last year, remember, we had practice not doing Thanksgiving because everybody who usually comes at 30 some odd people to our house tapped out and didn't go. So we went out of town and went to a restaurant, Zeba style. And it was fun, but there's just something about, you know, your table and cleaning up those leftovers and prepping the turkey for everything you're going to do with it. Um, that's just special, you know, and my kids, you can see in their pictures, they're like all morose because none of their friends are over, but they just really wanted turkey because I starved them all day. I was like, you can eat at night. (laughs) You're like, I'm making one meal today and it's at nighttime. So scrounge for yourself in the, in the kitchen, but it looked, it was like perfect. Thank you. They were eating my prep stuff. Like they ate my bag of rolls. I was only able to save like eight rolls. (laughs) Oh no. That's always what ends up happening. Like you make all this food and your kids eat like the bread. The roll. Which is why I stopped cooking Thanksgiving a long time ago. Mm. Because with two vegetarians in the house, nobody who likes turkey. And my daughter who has officially told us we can no longer celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, because of this is i'm going to read her text that she sent to everybody just so everybody knows she sent this yesterday we are not celebrating thanksgiving anymore it will now be known as a mandatory family day because the colonizers took the land away from the natives and they put them in cages and treated them unfairly and so we should not be celebrating this terrible holiday then she writes was chewbacca in the star wars sequels so this goes to show you (laughs) (laughs) where her brain starts going. So apparently we are no longer allowed to celebrate Thanksgiving as the, as pilgrims coming together with the Indians, but we are calling it mandatory family day. um, And that I have to accept and appreciate that she is doing the research and learning about history on her own. So thank you, Zara, for the history lesson. Yes. I love it. My little woke baby. She's very much about that. She's very much about that. So I know you are wearing your, like, we're both super bundled today, and mm-hmm. you're wearing your Imana Relief um, sweatshirt. And we were chatting while we were getting on. Do you want to talk a little bit about why in Arizona you are bundled up, girl? Because it doesn't make any kind of sense to me. Well, I mean, first of all, I think people underestimate how cold it can be in the desert. So 50 degrees here. It's completely different than 50 degrees in like, say, Texas or Virginia or New York, New Jersey, where I experienced temperatures far colder. But the 50 degrees here, like crosses into your bone marrow. It is dry cold and it is really super cold. like the dry heat and you're 125 degrees. I'm like, heck no, <laughs> I'm not. I don't care how hot the heat 
dry the heat is. I am not doing that. Okay. So this is the dry cold now. Like, what are you guys talking yeah. about? Well, the argument is that dry heat is better than mm. everybody else's heat and dry cold is worse than everybody else's heat. So, you know, we're like, I guess superheroes or martyrs however you look at it when i first moved to virginia okay this was just a joke it was winter and it would be like 40 50 degrees and people are wearing face mask before face mask covid like the 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 scarves on (laughs) and like the the ski mask yes and then the big coat and i'm like walking around in a sweatshirt i'm like are you kidding me right now this is spring break weather and you suckers are weak (laughs) Okay, so I do not like 50, 60 degrees. People are walking around in parkas on like you're nuts. Okay, like I don't agree. But you have drafty windows in your beautiful So like (laughs) my living room portion of my house is the original structure with the original windows. So those four windows did not get replaced. And the reason why is because somehow when they were building this house, they cemented the window into the brick because that's so a shortcut pulled if yes. is that it okay it's so that's shortcut. what they did and you can't remove those windows without taking the brick facade off and i was like i'm not paying for you know new brickwork too mm-hmm. so i didn't replace them and of course there's window seats by these windows so you can't even use the window seat because oh. you'll freeze your butt and it's super drafty in the morning yes. so yeah the first thing i do is like pull up the blinds on all the windows and i could feel the draft it's and the so 60 degree draft my... everybody it's the 60, it's degree, 60 degree draft it's colder than your <laughs> 60 degree draft though okay that's my point I still remember so yeah, I have this. my socks you, on, my slippers, my you pullover. You me up. I still remember getting a text yeah. from you that, that it was like 57 degrees or something. You're like, I'm not getting out of bed today because it's way too cold. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, you've got to be kidding. Like in Chicago, how we dealt with those windows is we did this clear cellophane paper and then you actually use a hair dryer for it to get super tight. Like you see the seal gets... Um, <sighs> The heat from the hairdryer seals the window. And honestly, it could be a fun homeschooling project or unschooling project for the kids to do this week. They have to yeah. measure, they have to cut, um, you know, they have to do, have fine motors to kind of get, you have to get the, the seal pretty tight and it, and it allows them the opportunity to work together. So it could be something fun for you guys to do this weekend. Um, so interestingly enough, my HOA does mandate what kind of window coverings we can use. And oh bubble wrap is not included in that God. list. So <laughs> I think um, if you don't want to use the bubble wrap because you live in a, in a neighborhood with an HOA like mine, yippee, yippee. Um, the actual product is called Climalock. Yes. And so you can do that. And it's like a translucent paper. So I don't know if the hair drying sometimes on that translucent paper can clarify it. So you can still see through your window through you can the, still throughout see the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you don't like with bubble wrap, especially if you have seasonal affective disorder, you don't want to be like sealing your windows and not letting light filter through. No. That would be terrible. It still but has the light. I was shocked when you told me about that. This. Yeah. It's really fun. Still has the light. And obviously, if you're feeling cold and drafty um, in your Arizona, um, you know, 60 degrees, I feel for you. And I want to make sure that you are temperature, climate um, comfortable. 
But you want to tell me about your week? Yes, a little bit quickly, you know, because we're we jump all over the place. Um, we added the window thing in because I couldn't believe that this girl is cold at 60 degrees. But you know, um, <laughs> and I want one, I want to say thank you to all the people. It seems like, you know, I had to be a little bit cryptic last week, we were going through something um, as a family. Thank you guys so much for your prayers. And I know a lot of people DM'd us and private messaged me. And um, it's, it's, I would, you know, I am an open book and I have no problem sharing um, what's going on in our life where this particular issue was concerned, but because other minors are involved, I cannot do that. But alhamdulillah, we are in a good um, phase right now with um, with therapy, with family, mandatory family time. And um, the beauty is we are a close-knit family. So uh, my hopes is no issue or tragedy or thing or mistake potentially that our kids can make will hopefully still allow them the opportunity to come with that come to us and know that we're here to not necessarily solve your problems but help you guide you to solving your own problems and um on a t on top of that i have a kid another kid during all this craziness that was happening with z number one was z3 was recently diagnosed with um, anxiety and obviously in homeschooling him and seeing um, some of his, uh, I wouldn't want to call them issues because obviously we, we don't want to do that. But I saw certain traits come up, um, which was the beauty of homeschool, because obviously I wouldn't have been able to see these things and or perhaps it would be exhibiting itself in different ways. And perhaps teachers don't want to tell us about these things. But I definitely noticed some undercurring anxiety. And um, in talking to a therapist, because, you know, we're just throwing therapy at our kids at this point, because COVID is a hot mess for all of us. Um, we are we are learning some cognitive behavioral coping mechanisms that help him handle um, the anxiety. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of kids right now dealing with that. And some of the things she suggested was for him, it's like time. He has a time issue like journaling, which he's been trying to do. Um, talking through, like he gets nervous about noises, having him explain the noises for him because he cognitively needs to understand what's going on. You had mentioned tapping. We're, we're talking about tapping so that you can kind of... Um, move it's like a distractive um mechanism to help you change your the way you're thinking like as soon as he starts having like a a scary thought to tap um so that kind of helps distract him and then refocus our energy so you know the truth of the matter is covid right now is affecting so many different people in so many different ways and we've had a couple of extreme examples within our own household so i am super grateful that one that we were able to come together as a family to deal with it two we had an amazing um, therapist, um, therapeutic support from the schools, like for my older ones and um, personal ones, are, because quite frankly, there are sometimes things and uh, uh, things and situations that occur that us parents cannot actually solve the problem for our kids. So we have to provide them the opportunity and give them the tools that they need to solve these problems themselves. So alhamdulillah, we're on a good path. And I really pray that nobody goes through these things that we had to go through the, this, this last month. Um, but the truth of the matter is like, we've come together as a family. And you know, if there's one positive thing that came came out of it is is knowing that we can rely on each other even in the darkest of times. So I wanted to thank you again for your support and because um, I know poor, you, 
I mean, she had to deal with my emotionally dumping on her. It's it's not very fun. Um, but I, I definitely appreciate all the people that have come together to help us through this process because the reality is you need a village to raise these children. And if here we at Mommy Well Muslim can help you with that, please know that we're here for you as well. Um, so that's been my week. And I know you have an amazing soapbox to talk about right now, Uzma. So do you want to tell us what our soapbox is for today? Because I think it's definitely something we need to be talking about. Yeah. But real quick, before I dive into the soapbox, I want to let uh, you know that when my son was um, in therapy for anxiety, his um, therapist recommended what to do when you worry too much, which is a kid's guide and activity book. And it's really good. Teaches them about anxiety in terms that kids will understand. I think maybe Z3 is a little bit older. Uh, mine was young enough at that time to respond to anxiety is this little green monster, or in his case, it was a little red monster that was bothering him because you can color it. Um, and he was coloring it that color, but it's, it's really good, um, feedback because, you know, again, there's activities in it and it's something you can do with your kid. Uh, and, you know, kudos to you for recognizing that early in your son. I really, I think that's such an asset when parents are open to what their kids need, not just physically, but also emotionally. It's really, really important. So good job. So I'm going to talk today about COVID, and this was based off of a New York Times um, debate piece. So it's not necessarily like super scientific or anything like that, but just going based on the COVID numbers out of New York City, um, restaurant, gyms, and indoor sites are 8 to 10% of the place where our highest infections are coming from. So what this particular, um, in the beginning of the year at least, and arguably that's what's happening every time uh, we have a surge. Now Senate ha is out of session until I believe Monday. They took a break early because they didn't want to decide on the stimulus package that was needed um, because obviously all of these indoor places cannot afford to be closed. But if they had federal aid, these mom and pop shops, a lot of them, then you know they could keep their doors open or keep their doors closed to be safe longer and just offer takeout and then open when our numbers are low enough and will sustainably stay low enough. It's just a large portion of our infections coming from these places, bars especially. I mean, I think very briefly bars were closed where we are um, and probably just for a few weeks. They were really big and they were packed. Like we would drive through the street and we would see them teeming. So yeah, outdoor seating was the only one allowed, but every single seat was there and then standing room. So, and people did it. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. So that was terrible. Uh, what we need, because 20% of small businesses have closed as a result of this pandemic, never to open their doors again. We need these stimuli, stimulus packages to get pushed through to save small businesses, not to bail out large giant chains and corporations. So we're hoping that the Senate does the right thing when it returns next week. Let's see how long they filibuster it. We'll see. Now, what's happening right now on a state level is that if your locale has uh, over a 3% infection rate, they're mandating shutdowns, including school shutdowns. But what we're seeing across the country is that the rate of infection isn't that high inside schools, but the school boards and school admins are going based on that 3% of infections happening in your locale. So that's why we're seeing this, like, it seems to me like a 
a swinging door of schools. And this is exactly what I was afraid of in the spring. I was like, I'm not going to put my kids in just to have them come back home, then have to go back and have to come in. This seesaw, like for me, the biggest thing for my kids has been how static can I make their environment? You know, learning is about dynamism, but like their basic sense of security, food, shelter, you know, the adults in their lives, how can I keep that as static and routine as possible so that when everything else is like changing and like all the marbles are like bouncing everywhere, this needs to be stable. So that's why I think this particular author uh, says that closing schools down is not the answer. It's closing these other indoor spaces, the gyms and the restaurants. And I know Joe is like throwing his shoe at me. He's like, don't close the gym. Um, But uh, new infections, this third surge are also happening because of small gatherings, like small intimate family gatherings. So we're busting the myth of my pod, my pandemic pod here. Okay. Um, we're going to see another rise happen, I think, after Thanksgiving, because we can see from photos what folks are doing and not following the 10-person rule. And then I would argue as a Muslim, what is a small family gathering for a Muslim? Because we're related to like 30 immediate people, you know? You know, and then on top of that, you got to, you know, invite the in-laws and the brother of the in-laws and then the neighbor, Yahram, you know, they have nobody. We have to invite them too. So a small family gathering means something different to, you know, depending on what community you come from. Yeah. So um, I, I think what we're, we're missing the forest for the trees when we're looking at percentages. We need to look at where they're coming from and that's what we need to shut down. But these business owners arguably they're right they cannot afford to stay closed but they're the ones we need closed to stay safe and get our numbers down and we are arguing that the government needs to pay them they need to be incentivized to keep their doors closed so how can we make that happen call up your senator and say you know pass the stimulus package for small businesses we rely on our mom and pop shops we need them open that's our soapbox for today yeah, and you know, today is um what is it? What do they call it? Black Friday, Black Friday or whatever. So and I know a lot of people, even though we don't celebrate Christmas, obviously we do take advantage of I know we wait to buy our winter clothes till, you know, the day after Thanksgiving. And the truth of the matter is if you can, where you can shop local is what I would recommend. Um, reach out if you don't want to go pick up the stuff in the store. Like I know a lot of our local um our local shops here, you can call them and kind of tell them what they want. They shop for you and they literally will just leave the bag outside. You can pay over the phone. So if you don't want to be a part of the whole, you know, COVID pandemic, but still support your local shops, I would highly, highly recommend doing that um, because it is true. They're the small businesses I feel like are going to get, um, get hit the most and whatever we can do to help support them, try to do so. You know, I, I feel like I'm doing my duty when I'm not cooking and I'm ordering from my local shops and having them be delivered because, you know, I'm helping the environment, I'm helping my community. And quite frankly, I don't have to worry about cooking. So it's a win-win from everybody. But I know, you know, we were going this month through the, the four strangers of grief um, over the election, you know, because it's still kind of ongoing because I just heard this morning, I feel like, um, Trump is finally capitulating or maybe not, or he's at least leaning towards that way. Who the heck knows with this guy, but, um, you know, 
we, we, we did not really expect the outcome of this, as we all know, as we're still living and breathing it every single day. Like I, I've stopped turning on the news as well. I can't even tell you, but Allah knows best, you know, and um, according to Kulva Ross stages of grief, because that's kind of what we've been going through for the last couple of weeks, um, we should be at this particular bargaining stage within the, the grief process. But, you know, Muslims, we don't like to bargain. We don't gamble. Um, we we don't bargain with God at all, right? That's just not what our thing is because he knows what he's doing. And our job is to kind of let him do it and kind of figure out how we can best um, adjust to whatever it is that's going on. So bearing that, we're going to drive, we're going to drive right into acceptance for us all. And for us, acceptance doesn't mean just accepting it. Acceptance means accepting the work that inevitably lies ahead. So we're basing today's episode on an article we read that we'll link into the show notes about what you can do. And of course, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. Voting. All right. Voting and voter registration. So, oh, I'm registered. So my work is done. No, it's not because we have um, 23,000 unregistered 17 year olds in the state of Georgia. And we need those two Senate seats in Georgia. So again, Black Voters Matter. We're going to link them in our show notes. Go over there and find out how you can help register those voters. And then, you know, ask somebody who lived in a state who lives in a state where um, voter records are purged. And I guarantee everybody lives somewhere where that's happening. Check your voter registration every year. Vote in all the elections. It's not something we do every four years, guys. Guess what? Local elections happen all the time. And you need to get involved. Um, Remember that if you're not voting for your local school board in your district, I don't care if your kids don't attend. Those school boards are deciding the curriculum. So if that curriculum is particularly Islamophobic, somebody's kids learning that stuff and somebody's kid is not going to know how to love your kid and how to understand your kid so whether or not your kid attends the school make sure you're voting for your local school board your local city zoning it matters all right so if you're like a mayor and the city council you're not voting for them their zoning laws determine whether or not you can build a masjid and i know right now it's a pandemic and none of us can go to a masjid but guess what a lot of people are going to a masjid and a lot of people still want to build a masjid you know for some reason the building the structure is more important to us than filling it and then fulfilling the rights of it and the rights of the people that go there but that's another podcast um so all of these zoning laws matter so you need to vote for your city officials and then state laws Um, your state legislators. This matters because state laws also govern what happens at school. They also govern um, how we fund our police. Are we asking them to militarize and get, um, you know, riot gear and warfare stuff? You know, we don't want our police to do that. We want our police to stay in their lane. Okay. Military is for military. So if you are against militarized police, then you need to vote for your state legislators. If you want teachers to get better pay, you need to vote for your state legislators. Um, and then uh, campus cops, they're also determining how many you know officers are gonna be there, how many counselors are at your school. And so what we've done through the years is we've pulled the counselors off of campus and we've put police there. How does that help anything? You know, when somebody is not there and trained in conflict resolution, there's going to be a lot of violence towards children. And it typically happens towards children of color and children who look like the other. That's going to be our kids, guys. So this is all important. Stricter gun laws. One of the major reasons why I pulled my son out of middle school was because I did not want him exposed to a gun threat 
again, how static can I make that those basic institutions of my children's lives? And I don't want them having to leave school because there's a gun threat or a gun scare or a shooting, God forbid. I didn't want that to happen. So if we want to continue to um, lock down and get really serious about keeping our kids safe in schools, A, the pandemic stuff, everything that we said, you know, close the indoor facilities outside of the schools. Um, and then two, stricter gun laws are really important. You know, we should not allow assault weapons in the hands of civilians. Military, fine. You need that stuff. But police don't and civilians have no business having assault weapons we can say, okay, it's in the Second Amendment, so we're not going to pull it from everybody, although I personally think we should pull it from everybody, but whatever. I believe in the Constitution. Stricter gun laws are really important. The second point that the author wrote in this article was to do a good deed. Donate blood, organize a blood drive, make sure you can do it in a socially distanced way. We still need blood because mm -hmm. people are sick for a long time when they had COVID. So we have to keep our blood banks full. This is a small thing that you can do. Um, and then you still get cookies and juice at the end. So when you're in the Starbucks drive-through, because you're no longer going into the Starbucks, you're going through the drive-through, pay for the person behind you, okay? Especially if they have a rifle rack or they have a I love Trump insignia on their truck. You know, they're the ones you want to pay Kill for. Kill them with kindness, Kill lady. them with kindness. And if you can, stick your head out the window, my hijab-wearing sisters, and give them a wave, okay? Or a thumbs up or something. Don't do the okay sign because they might think something else. Don't do that. Give them a thumbs up or peace sign. Even better. Wait, peace. there I am. Okay? Oh, um, or, just, or we always say our heart. Our hearts, hearts for Tara. Tara. Love glasses. We can do that. Um, one other project, and when I was writing this, I thought of Joe because he asked me for this weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, write letters to residents in care homes. And that is what we used to call nursing homes. But these people are dying of COVID without being infected with COVID. I see it literally every day, they are dying of broken hearts because they can't see their families anymore. The facilities by state regulation are shutting down and not allowing visitation. The ones that have dementia can't use an iPad to FaceTime with their families because they don't know what the hell is happening. They think they're hallucinating because there's a talking head in front of them uh, without a body attached. So if we can get letter writing uh, to come back, this is something your kids can do, y'all. And if you need a hookup with a nursing home, I have several under my belt and I can get those letters to people, they will appreciate it. Reach across the aisle because a lot of these residents and their families, you know, they don't necessarily share our political views and that's okay. If they see goodness coming from us, especially from the Muslim community, we're reaching across that aisle and saying, we may have differing politics, but our humanity is one. Yes. Do you want to carry on with the next? No, no, it's true. Like we, we've been doing that a lot. And honestly, that's what I can, I call my kids handwriting time is we, mm. we do 15 minutes a day and they either color a picture, right. And we have a local, um, home care facility here, um, really close to our, our, our house. So we just drop them off and you'd be surprised how much they appreciate it. It's not even funny. And it was one of those things where we knew about this place because um, Zara Z2 would go weekly and she would like play games and stuff. She misses them so much. So she, it was her idea. She's like, mom, can we do this? And the boys, not, and so we just have started doing that, but I haven't done it for a while, but you're just reminding me to go ahead and get them started again 
again, we will do that. Yeah, but, absolutely. you know, um, what's what's very near and dear to our hearts, um, especially in the Husson household is volunteer, right? Like volunteer yes. in any capacity and you can do it in a COVID friendly way. Like um, I think we just recently, Mommy Wall Muslim um, teamed up with Team Waitions and with the Brigade of Mercy and Hoops for Help. And we were able to do some um, food gathering for um, a local food pan- pantry here in the, the DMV area. Um, and then also do a, a caregiving um, package, which was dropped off to the to the parents in the NIH. Because again, COVID is affecting so many different people. A small token of appreciation and gratitude, and and like, oh my God, look at this! Is from a cute little my kids can't draw, um, but you know, a cute little face and God knows dinosaur. I don't even know what the heck they're drawing. Um, though the other day it was a dog, but I thought it was a dinosaur, so I really offended um, Z4. But I was just like, I just have no clue. But, you know, those are just little things that you can do as a family. Because I know a lot of people individually feel like, what can I actually do? What impact can I make? I'm just one person or one family. But one family team together with four or five of your friends, get them together and be like, this is what we're going to do. Find your local um, pant- food pantry and be like, okay, there's six of six families get a list from them. They have them readily available. And honestly, after Thanksgiving is usually the first round of giving that these um, particular places, food pantries get, but that gets depleted in two to three weeks in a typical year. But obviously in COVID year, it's getting depleted a lot more quickly. So reach out to them, plan on every two weeks, you're going to the grocery store, you're adding your Amazon Prime, like, which is what I do, add a couple of extra things, and then drop it off. Your kids definitely appreciate it. And uh, to be honest with you, they have to recognize that there are families that are less fortunate than yours. And that is just something fundamentally that you should be doing. Um, Points of light and the volunteer match online. Um, ask your local masjid um, who receives zakat and start dropping off meals and gro- groceries. Honestly, for kids that are in high school or in college, you know they're they're doing a lot of virtual learning right now. So guess what? There are so many kids that need tutoring. They need that extra that extra help. In in the therapy session that I was in today, this the te- this particular therapist is also on the board for the Fairfax County School System, and she's saying in high school right now, over eighty percent of the kids are getting Fs, and they're getting oh, no. Fs because they're not logging into class. They don't have that. Like my my husband and I are home, and we're on our kids like on top of them, right? But that's not the case. A lot of these families are dual, mandatory dual income families or they're they're overstressed or and, and, and overworked um, and they cannot, they do not have the physical capacity. It's another job as we know for the parents, cause I'm doing two, I'm doing the two homeschooling, the two virtual, it's another flipping job to make sure they're getting logged in. Are you signing on? And if you have, if I wasn't home, if I wasn't able to do this from home, there is no way I can keep them on top of it. So if your kids in college or high school can tutor a younger child, you can do it virtually um, through Zoom, Google Classroom, Google Hangouts. I think that that would definitely be something that these kids can do and honestly, from a parenting teaching perspective, if they can teach somebody else how to do something, they further understand it themselves. So it is a win-win for everybody. So, you know, and, and, you know, reach out to your local, like I said, your local food pantry. There, there are lots of domestic violence shelters right now, because as you know, with COVID, that number is going up and it's terrible. And these people need help. Um, 
we just have lots and lots of things to write about. Oh my God, it's always so fun. Um, and the other things I can see is decide, you know, everybody is good at something, right? Make a meal, make a plan, you know, organize your kids. You know, what my kids ended up doing is they did this hoops for help. You know, my son likes to play basketball and he's like, can I do basketball in an outdoor setting? I'm helping the other parents. Obviously they want him to do it now, but it is it actually is getting cold, Uzma. So we cannot be doing these out, outside <laughs> outside basketball classes. But that was what he said. He goes, I have the skill set. I, I want to be able to help my brothers. And it was kind of like this mute this win-win situation for everybody. And then we're giving back to charity. So find what you're good at, your passion, and then direct your kids to go and do that. Cause I know that they, they're, they're looking for things to do right now. Decide as a community, what do we want to see in the next four years? Cause it's one thing to win this election, right? Supposedly we've won it. Okay. Now what, how do we want to make this next four years any different? than anybody else, right? So how can we make that happen? Again, letter writing campaigns to the White House. Again, try to write it down, write your senators. There's lists for all these things, your senators, your congresswomen and your congressmen. Tell them what you want and demand it. They're now at a stage where they're willing to listen. They see that this was an unprecedented voting year. So guess what? You're going to vote. So they're going to listen to you. So try to make that happen. What is it that you think about it? Like, I'm not necessarily on board with Uzma and like banning all guns, but I do feel like, you know, closing the loopholes. We don't need assault rifles. We don't need these types of things. So, um, you know, gun control, that's something you speak. I know Moms Demand Action is huge here. Okay, find your local um, chapter and be like, okay, what what can I do? How can I get involved? Or if you, if you want to, you know, focus on children and education, like you said, there's lots of these local chapters to do that. So there's very, there's a lot, a lot of um, things that you can do. And another thing is, you know what, plan a road trip with your family, come to the DC area, drive past my house, say hi, I'll sit on my porch, and I'll wave to you. Um, with my, her love glasses on. With my love glasses on, because that's literally what I do. I sit on my porch, I read my books, and with my love glasses on, my, while my kids make a ruckus and a mess, like my house is the house with all the crap all over the lawn. So yes, come and do that. Because quite frankly, make it a field trip for your kids. Come and try to make appointments with your representatives. That is your right as a citizen. And quite frankly, you can do all of those things. And you should definitely do that. Hold webinars. There's so many, so many fun things that we can do. And quite frankly, we'll be putting up the, the links in the show notes for some ideas if you're needing them. Or if you have ideas that you would like us to participate in, send them our way. We're very, very help, excited to participate in whatever we can to help make a difference for the next four years. And I mean, I have to add to that after the last election, a group of women in town, uh, you know, formed a grassroots organization to help refugees because all the refugee bans started mm -hmm. and it started affecting the people that we were mentoring and, and helping. And, you know, Joe's wife is one of those crazy women who was like, we got to do something. Oh, we got to do that. something. Um, and so we formed this very loose grassroots organization that has continued to mentor refugees. Love and, it. you know, I coordinate the baby showers mm -hmm. with the help of all of these amazing women. Um, they do backpack drives, school drives, winter clothing drives, 
all of these things have happened in the last four years because a group of like-minded individuals decided to get together and say, we got to do something. This is what we're good at. This is where our passion is. So we're going to work on it. You can do that too. Okay. And like, I love what Zava said. If you guys have awesome ideas, we're ready to jump into because, you know, it's sink or swim. And, you know, I, I can, I can't swim in water, but I can dog paddle through community um, activism. I love it. So the next point that the author wrote in this article was about running for local office mm. and moms. This is so important. I wish I could impart to you how important this is. Again, throw back to those school pr- curriculum and what our police can and cannot do and what consequences those have for our children, especially our children of color, our black children. That's really, really important. Now I understand running for office and the expense that's involved and getting the thousand, two thousand, ten thousand signatures, depending it's on the scary. office that you're running for. It's hard work. <laughs> and especially when you're socially distancing. And, you know, we are not a people that like to knock on doors because let's face it, 20% of Muslims in America are immigrants and knocking on people's doors culturally means something that me it, it doesn't have the same weight as it does for those of us who were born and raised in this country and we had to knock on doors to sell that damn school candy and the magazines <laughs> and the wrapping paper and the girl scout cookies like all the stuff that we grew up doing and it was normal and trick-or-treating right like basically going and begging for candy we don't do that in muslim countries it's just not allowed okay it's a or shameful so okay you can't run for local office no problem sit on a nonprofit board sit on a candidates um, organizing committee be one of their staffers or better yet get your kids to be their staffers typically these are like intern jobs and they're unpaid I think Zeba got some opportunities for her kids this summer which apparently was a wash because of COVID so they couldn't go in um, but this is a terrific opportunity to also get your kids involved. Do you want to speak on that for a sec? Yeah. So, so even even with uh, so we they actually um, interned for our congresswoman um, Jennifer Wexton for District Ten, um, and again they were supposed to uh, originally supposed to do like a Muslim ambassadorship for getting out the vote and doing more of the physical events. That didn't obviously happen. So what they did was do cold calls. And quite frankly, like I mentioned, I think I told you this story, which I thought was so cute because they were given a script and these kids are not used to rejection and, you know, getting hung up on. And, and Zara at one point said to somebody about to like hang up on the phone with her, he was, she was like, but sir, I didn't even get through my script yet. So they learned a lot of valuable oh, lesson. So it was just really, she's like, but mama, I didn't even get through my script. And I was just like, well, honey, it's not supposed to be a script. But my point is those are just good lifelong skills that they can learn rejection, how to talk. And quite frankly, take Oh, take ownership of something like get it done, um, do what you need to do and um, and go from there. So I, I feel like it's something you can do and you can figure it out and it's perfectly fine. Rejection and um, failure are great teachers. Um, and I think for too long, kids have been protected in this bubble of mm-hmm. everything you do is amazing and awesome. And, and they really not. need to and hear from people who don't believe in them yes. <laughs> and don't want to hear from them. So we are all about um, not tough love, but learning to deal with rejection and failure. So there's that. And then the final point the author made was um, for those who 
um, are afraid of, you know, stirring the water or, you know, rocking the boat, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about this person who is very obvious, talk to this person who is very obviously saying something that I am morally, politically, whatever, intrinsically opposed to. Um, it's not rocking the boat if you hear something wrong and you speak up. In fact, it's necessary. You see something, say something, right? Has been this country's mantra for the last 20 years targeting a particular community, <clears throat> ours. Mm -hmm. um, so let's take it and turn it on them, you know, because I see something or hear something from you that is reprehensible. I'm going to speak about it, but I'm going to do it in the proper format. We have talked before about how the loss of statesmanship and the loss of, loss of civil discourse and debate is so heinous, you mm -hmm. know, because it means that we cannot sit with somebody that we disagree with and talk to them respectfully and honor at the end that we're not going to come to the same conclusion. That's okay. You can do that. If you want to learn how to counter an argument that you see or hear, um, a lot of times they're coming in op-eds in your mm -hmm. newspapers. You should write a counter to that op-ed. You should yes. write an op-ed for that op-ed. Yes. But how are you going to do it? Well, one of the things that's available is the Better Arguments Project. And basically what that um, project is geared towards, and they have a lot of online resources to do this, is to bring back debates and civil discourse so that you're not afraid to speak your mind logically, clearly, and, guys, respectfully. Yes. Because if somebody throws stones at us, we don't throw stones back. We are That is not our way. Um, I'm not saying turn your cheek for the uh, – turn your cheek to get – rocked on the other side. No, absolutely not. I'm saying know what argument is coming at you and counter it properly with good data and good form to understand the other side and to get them to understand where you're coming from. Because a lot of times we all are subject to tunnel vision mm -hmm. and not being aware of the other person's point of view. And that's really, really important. All right. If you're an expert on something, call your local news media and tell them, hey, I'm an expert on this thing. And the next time you need a talking head, I'm you know willing to come out. We need more Muslim faces. We need more Muslim voices. We need more Muslim names, not just because we need people to learn how to pronounce them, but also so that we are the ones telling our points of view out there. So make yourself available on air. If you're afraid of public speaking, Toastmasters has been around forever mm -hmm. and they can help you with your public speaking skills. And the truth of the matter is, if you are like us, you know, when people said, why are you guys doing this? And we kind of were like, why not? Nobody else is doing it and we need to give a platform to other people in order to do this, This these types of things also help. And, and, and part of um, what I love and um, really pride myself with Mommy Well Muslim is that we really, really focus on elevating specifically the female Muslim mom voice, because as we've said before, we're the hearts of the household. We are raising the next generation of um, Ummah, you know, Ummah meaning our, our kids are the next generation. So why not control our own narrative instead of having somebody else speak on our behalf? And there are a lot of us, like we've always said, and I do not, we don't see eye to eye on much about anything, but we can agree to disagree and still provide a platform for people to come in and give their voice and opinions. And that is very important, specifically right now um, with all that's going on, controlling our narrative.
But um, Ozma, do you want to wrap it up um, for today? Because I feel like we have a good action plan. We're accepting the work that needs to be done. We will provide people opportunities. I think we're going to list them in our Facebook group. And I think it for sure will be in the notes, um, local opportunities, um, national opportunities for people to get involved in. And obviously, if you have a local um, opportunity that you would want people to be involved in, go ahead and put it in our group. Because I am sure with COVID and virtual things nowadays, we can kind of go across state lines. Like this is kind of the benefit of 2020 right now is a lot of things have gone virtual and we can kind of help across across the way. Yeah, it's democratized. It excuse me. It's democratized our access um, to each other. And I think that's really important. I love that you talked about our podcast. One of the ways that you can support Muslim Voices is supporting your podcasts um, by listening to them, subscribing to them. Um, definitely by leaving reviews. That's really important. Um, and then again, if you have an initiative that you want us to plug and we're talking about like a giving campaign or a volunteering campaign, that's something that we're happy to feature on our links on both Instagram and Facebook so that people can um, go in and get involved. That's really, really important. If you're running for office, let us know. We are a especially inclined towards Muslim moms mm -hmm. who are running for any kind of office on the local, state, or federal level. We want to see more of us um, representing, because we haven't seen that before. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important to the two of us, and we're so glad um, to have actionable items, because remember that Muslims are never to be complacent, because we're never guaranteed anything, not even our place in heaven. So we have to constantly be working. We are the people who think and work and don't just, you know, take a cup of tea because now, oh, we got who we wanted. No, we didn't get what we wanted yet. And until we do, we keep working, all right? All the way to the grave, guys. So that's a wrap for this week. That's a wrap for this week. What is coming up for next month? We have a very important month next month for the people. Um, I definitely think right now with COVID, we really have to focus on this. But I believe, Osma, we're, we're doing our mental health. This was the last of this. Um, we kick off next week with mental health um, in our mental health series, which I think is going to be extremely important. So um, please make sure you let everybody know to tune in um, or subscribe. Absolutely. It's all mental health every single week. So if you can't get in on the live stream, then make sure you listen in on uh, the published episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you hear your podcasts. We're also on your Alexa. So yes. Alexa. My kids, my kids get a big kick out of that. And I feel like I have a little bit of street cred, even with the teenagers when Alexa plays nice. momming while Muslim with the eye roll and the heave ho, but kind of like a small smirk. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm impressing yeah. them just a little bit. But um, Uzma, I know we will talk soon or sooner rather than later. And everybody, I hope you have a good rest of your Thanksgiving weekend or your non-Thanksgiving weekend, depending on which way you want to go. But please, you know, everybody be mindful of each other. And inshallah, we will see you next week. Assalamu everybody. Assalamu Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.